Welcome to the Gals Guide to the Galaxy podcast, where a group of gals gather for you one cool thing around our topic of the month. Is it ancient history? Is it breaking news? Is it safe for work? Well, that's up to each gal. All we know is that... Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Welcome back. I am Leah, and I am joined by Bonnie and Debbie and Katie, who's listening at home somewhere. She's right, quiz. Katie? You will be quizzed later. And we're talking about our one cool folktale in myth. So, uh, Katie, who was here at one point and had to go home, she already talked about Theomat. And Bonnie, who's still here because, you know, she's, you know, a star student. Uh, she talked about uh, the mythic Greek ladies of history. And Debbie, who is still here, also a gold star student, she talked about Mother Goose. <laughs> sorry, Katie, I love you. I'm sorry. <laughs> so uh, before we dive back in, let's get to know something random about our gal pals. So my question for you is, what do you feel is the role of myth in the modern world? Because myths are usually tales of old. So what, how does it relate to our modern world today? Dun, 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 dun. In your <laughs> humble opinion. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> According to my senior thesis. <laughs> yes. You I, can totally cheat off your own no, work, Bonnie. Yes. Yeah, I, know, I wrote it. I was reading something for school recently and some dude cited an earlier paper of his and I'm like, can you do that? Yes. yes. I was like, man, I'm like, this seems like cheating. I'm my I own mean, best reference. I mean, it was researched and cited for, other, so why yeah. not? Um, but no, they're, I mean, they're stories that we retell over and over. I don't know how many freaking stories are all like i forget what it's called man against man the, the white man against the nature. white man savior story the pocahontas story yes, yeah. exactly like, yes i remember watching uh i got so annoyed when i was watching uh avatar i'm like it's just the, yeah. that same freaking it's motif avatar. over and yes. over and oh, yeah. over again yeah it's dances with wolves meets fern gully yeah like yeah, yeah. like <laughs> the white savior thing but yes, uh um, exactly no they're they're stories that we tell over and over i mean star wars is a yes. giant like a myth with the whole world and totally it's a japanese with its own myth. myths in there yep it's like it's a japanese? dream within a dream yeah I did not know that. George Lucas actually wanted to cast it with all Japanese actors and uh, place it in samurai times and nice. realized he wouldn't get funding for that. And so he changed it to space. Nice. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, no, it's very much based off of uh, Japanese archetypes. Huh. <laughs> I know it starts to make a little yeah. bit of kind of weird sense now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Things kind of fall into place here yeah. all right so okay. as debbie Sorry. is now going to a galaxy far far yeah. away <laughs> yeah um what would you say your answer is the role of myth in modern society well one of the things i learned um in researching all these is yeah. how the more things change the more they stay the same unfortunately and yes the myths were a way like a lot of the fairy tales that were written in medieval times were political statements yes couched in fairy tale language right. to make them so that you can tell the stories. A spoonful of sugar, if yes. you will. Yes. Uh -huh. And myths can still do that. It is still hard to come forward with, here's my problem. Right. I need to fix it. But you've got these myths to fall back on. And you can tell mm -hmm. these, you can tell your story as someone else. Right. Exactly. Yes. And get it out there. Yeah. 
Very true. Dun, dun, dun. Um, For me, I'm obsessed with myths because I love the idea of human beings are so different yet so the same. You know what I mean? Mm. When it kind of comes to it. So there's a Joseph Campbell quote. Sorry, I always love Joseph Campbell quotes. uh, Where one who thought they would be alone finds they are in the center of the universe. And one when they think they will have slayed a demon will have found a God. And it's like everything that we Hmm. think Hmm. is one is actually another when it comes to myth. When we think we're so far apart from each other, we actually see how interconnected Hmm. we are. And that's what I love about myths because it doesn't matter what the, the faith is or what country it came from. You see a shared humanity. And so I love that aspect. But then again, I just love stories. So like any kind of stories, I'm like, what's your message? What's your point? What am I (laughs) supposed to use this for to be like a better person and stuff like that? Um, So I think myths get a bad rap in today's society of thinking, oh, well, it's fake news or it's not true. But like myths are just actually a story way of saying this is a way maybe you can get through this hard time. You know what I mean? And maybe you can share on wisdom. So speaking of which... I'm going to share my cool thing. And I'm so geeked out about this because I discovered this little gem during the pandemic. And I've been like Mm. feeling like I've almost been keeping it to myself. Uh, But it has been a game changer for me. And I'm so excited that I get to share with you. Okay. So I'm going to talk about the mythical archetypes of Tibetan Buddhism. And the really cool part is that these represent the empowered feminine. So these are all wisdom female goddesses in Tibetan Buddhism. Uh, They are called daikinis. All right. And there are five of them that I'm going to talk about. And they are female in origin. Uh, They are equal to Buddhas. They are not Mm. subservient. They are absolutely of the same equal power to Buddhas. They are fierce as shit. (laughs) (laughs) And they represent wisdom. That is their whole construct is wisdom. So Daikini translates into sky dancer or get this. She who moves through space and sky. So the galactic Glamazon (laughs) was like um, space. I'm listening. (laughs) Space wisdom, ladies, spirits, gods. Yes, exactly. So. Way better than regular fairies. Um, I know, right? Oh, totally. So each daikini embodies like a specific emotion and they call the emotions the five poisons. Okay. Mm. Um, So the daikinis transform these poisons into wisdom. Hmm. Um, So, and I very much love this because like, you know, working with women's history and stuff like that, I'm always seeing women's poisons or obstacles Mm. and how they change it and turn it into opportunities or a stepping stone for another gal of history. So I kind of see it the same way. Do you want to know what the five poisons are? Yes. All right. So the five poisons are ignorance, anger, pride, desire, and jealousy. Hmm. So those are the five poisons that the Daikinis then turn into wisdom regarding them. So I'm going to show a picture to the ladies who are here, and I will share it in the show notes too. But this is what the daikinis look like. This one's easier because it's black and white. But this one is a, she's red and she is white. They come, oh, wow. there's five different colors. So I'm going to break it down what you're seeing in that picture because it's a lot, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's a lot. But all five of them have the same 
series of elements in their drawings. Okay. So, and they all have a story connected to them. So the first one is the hooked knife and I drew it on there. So see that kind of like hooked knife. So the hook is the hook of compassion and it's supposed to pull you out of the ocean of suffering and the blade is to cut through the things that don't make you happy. Oh, wow. Right? It's like a very uh, severe, uh, yeah. what's her name? Maria Kondo or whatever? Yes, yes. You, yeah. <laughs> you cut it. You find, does it spark joy? No, you cut it. You cut it. <laughs> then in their hand is a skull cup. Yes, somebody's skull cut open to make like a bowl or a cup. It has multiple meanings. So one of them is that the, the cup can hold the nectar of knowledge. All right. Uh, it can also be empty, which is the symbol of emptiness. Um, it can also be the cauldron of transformation. And in Tibetan Buddhism, whenever you mention a cauldron, you're talking about a woman's womb. Mm. So oh. it could be the womb of transformation, of uh, birth or rebirth or change or things like that. Oh, um, so, yeah, right? So the skull cup. <laughs> so then there's the staff, you know, that stick that she's holding that has like the skulls on it. <laughs> so that is usually held in the left arm and it's kind of like tucked into her elbow as she's holding it. That is basically your inner masculine energy. At the top of the staff is a varja. And yes, ladies, that represents a penis. <laughs> but it's got three heads. It does yeah. have three heads on it. But it's supposed to represent uh, the staff as a, you know, a tent pole. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but then it's also, of course, a protective spear as well to defend yourself. It's also a walking staff as well. So it's a multi-purpose tool. Uh, but in the book, Wisdom Rising, which I gloriously have in the library house, Ooh. Wisdom Rising, the journey of the Mandela into the empowered feminine by Lama Tursom alone. And I watch a lot of her videos, too. She's actually really amazing. Um, but she talks about the staff and she says with it, she has the power to stand alone. She has internalized the masculine. So oh. that staff is her masculine energy, which is now within herself. She can be by herself because, you know, she has a penis stick. You don't need a <laughs> man. You got a penis stick. Exactly. Right. I know. I think their branding was completely off. All right. Um, <laughs> also, all the daikinis, they are dancing. That is an image of them dancing. Dancing is symbolic of being awake and being happy and also, to a certain extent, inner ecstasy. <laughs> so it's just being very happy with yourself. You know what I mean? Just being ecstatically joyous. So they're they're dancing in that glorious image there. Okay. Uh, they're also naked. You know, yeah. um, you would like to be like, oh, okay, of course she's naked. So, but in Tibetan Buddhism, she is naked as a symbolic of unadored truthfulness. Mm. Yes, that's what it's supposed to be. She has a crown of five skulls on her head. <laughs> Uh, the five skulls represent the five wisdoms, which I'm going to talk about. Um, she also has bone jewelry, like around her neck and body. Those are bones. It's to remind you that life is not forever and you can take something scary like death and you can transform it and make it into an ornament for beauty. So it's that transformation. Um, she's also standing on a corpse. Do you see her standing on a pussy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That yep. is her own ego. She is standing hey. on her own ego. 
So that's pretty badass, right? <laughs> it's a lot to take in. It is. But that is a glorious daikini. So there are five of them. They all have those same uh, elements to them. Um, the but they all have different colors. Um, and sometimes they will be holding something just a tiny bit different, um, like in their other hand or they'll instead of uh, something on top of their staff. But each one of the different colors um, is a transformation into that particular poison. So the neat way that Lama Trusum actually kind of describes it as her book, in her book, is she says to think of your left hand. And I have to go right hand and left hand. Okay, so think of your left hand, all right? Your index finger is your Varja. And Varja is your anger, then turned into wisdom. So your index finger is your anger. Your middle finger is the Buddha, and it turns ignorance into wisdom. Your <laughs> ring finger, yes, right, exactly. That's why you just Which say fuck off. Anger, you're pointing at somebody. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, you see, it? Yeah. you see it. Okay. All right. The ring finger is the Rana, and it turns pride into wisdom. Think of it as your ring finger, pride. You know. Yeah. Uh, your pinky is your karma. It turns envy and jealousy into wisdom. Pinkies out, pinkies mm-hmm. out. Yeah. Uh, and lastly, your thumb is the Padma, and it turns desire into wisdom. Mm. Um, now, in Tibetan Buddhism, the left hand that we were just counting on symbolizes the female energy of wisdom. Okay. The right hand is the male energy of skillful means. Somehow, I'm, I'm suddenly glad to be left-handed. Right? <laughs> I was born left-handed, and I was changed to right-handed, so mm. that's why I messed up. No, I'm just kidding. But if you put together your right hand and your left hand, wisdom and skillful means, you have action. You have the male and female energy always within you. So I love that idea because it's like, oh, wait a second. So each of these daikinis, I mean, I'll, I'll show you ladies this list and I will post it on the internet too. But they have a whole big thing. So like each daikini has a oh, color. Wow. A direction, a symbol, a time of day, a shape, like everything. So it's like the zodiac and like mm. feng shui. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. They have like all these different elements. So like you can resort to your own daikininess if you need to cut out something from your life. You know, you find something in that color, in that shape and so on. So there's so much symbolism that translates into wisdom that I actually put it in my artwork, the mother tree artwork. Yeah. It is all five daikinis that are in that artwork. So one example is the Padma daikini. She's red. And so I use the two different red colors. Uh, Desire into wisdom. That's the Padma one. Triangle is the shape. So I tore them into triangles and it turns that desire into wisdom. And because its spirit is a sunset, I put it in the sunset. Oh, wow. So it was my way of trying to evoke the most amount of daikini energy into the piece. And I did the same thing with the sky and with the water and with the colors that I chose and the location that I chose. Uh, because I wanted it to be like, okay, wisdom, women's energy, it translates now to you. So, so there's lots more. I mean, Bonnie's looking at the list right now. There's like tons of crap on there. Yeah. The body how... type is perfectly proportioned, well-toned, and very seductive. <laughs> exactly. I'm over here like, oh. Right, exactly. I'm like, where's the juicy pear shape? One of them's got a season, and I'm like, okay, well, there's four seasons, so we're going to see Correct. how this plays out here. Exactly. But yes. I noticed they fixed the four elements they did 
Yeah. Yeah, I know, right? It's like, quite interesting yeah. how they actually uh, utilized it. So, I mean, there. so there's tons more about mm. the Daikinis and about what they symbolize and all their different meanings to them. So I highly recommend Wisdom Rising. I will put it in the show notes. Um, anything by Lama Trisum alone, she does YouTube videos. Um, she also has the Tara Mandala Center in Colorado, which I applied for a grant to go see her at one point. It may be another day, but that's okay. Uh, but she does have workshops and retreats to try to work specifically on your daikini feminine energy. Um, so it's very cool. So I've been learning about these daikinis. They're so multifaceted. There's so many different like elements and rabbit holes to go down to keep learning yeah. about them. Um, maybe one of these days I would do a gal's guide class about them. I don't know. It depends on who's interested. So, um, I will tell you that, uh, Daikini energy is the strongest, uh, during a certain time of the moon. Okay. Uh, during the waning crescent moon and everybody knows when the waning crescent moon is right. Yeah. Is that third Thursday? No. It's 10 days after the full moon. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> so 10 days after the full moon, when the moon is in a crescent shape, the very first night that it's in a crescent shape, we live in Indiana, so it may be cloudy that day. Yeah. <laughs> you may not need to know when it is. Um, but I actually looked them up, and I will put in the show notes all of the Dakini days until the end of the year <laughs> because uh, the crescent moon is supposed to represent the um, hook staff. The hook of compassion. Mm-hmm. Oh. And on that day, um, if you are in a meditation and you need to work on your pride or ignorance or jealousy or envy, um, you can kind of take a meditation on the color. <laughs> you know what I mean? The shape, the really scary Tibetan drawings of these taikinis, yeah. whatever, whatever you need. Um, try not to do a real skull cup. Please go to Party City or something. Um <laughs> And look at the crescent moon and think that a daikini out there is trying to cut you free uh, from the things that don't make you happy. So, and fill you with some wisdom. So there you go. Daikinis. Interesting. That is my glorious obsession with the, being with lady. The, yeah. the moon and the, yes. the moon, like, like so many like feminine things. Right. Like the yeah. Moon. Right. Thinking exactly. Like witches and, mm-hmm. and their monthly cycles. Of course. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> so it's funny. It's the moon again. On full moon nights, uh, that in uh, Tibetan Buddhism is known as Buddha's Day. And whatever your karmic energy is that day, I think Debbie and I were talking about this yeah. one of these days. Uh, when it, whatever you do on a full moon day, if you are an asshole on a full moon day, People will be assholes to you the entire month until the next full moon. If you are nice to people, if you are giving, that's what will be returned to you all month long. So it's one of those things where there's very much the the moon and the lunar cycle in a lot of old Tibetan Buddhism. So it's fun. <laughs> Just makes yeah. me think of like the people showing up at the hospital on a full moon. Like oh yeah. Impact, yeah. I'm like, oh. My writer's group on a full moon was the worst place in the world mm. to be. That You've bitches, talked about that before. Oh my God. Those bitches came for everybody. <laughs> like they hated every story. They yeah. just cut to the jugular. They were so mean on yeah. full moon days. I did not ever want to go to writer's group on full moon days. So, and there I am going, can't we just be nice to each other? Because <laughs> my karma's going to suck for a year month (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) so yes any questions about daikinis 
feel I don't like know there if should be to. a quiz to see which know, one right? you are. It's like a Cosmo quiz. Which Daikini like are you? Yeah. No. I really would suggest <laughs> reading the book because there's there's lots more in detail. Yeah. Um, I mean, I will tell you that mine that I kind of relate to that I need to work on is I actually have, uh, it's the Buddha one. And you would think, oh, that's the best one. The Buddha Space. energy can be um, listless. So in other words, when I'm on and I'm in the library and I'm having fun, I'm on. But when I'm off, I'm fucking off. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like Netflix and don't talk to me. Like, I'm off, off. Yeah. The Buddha energy is stillness. And too much stillness is not mm. doing anything. So when I'm off, I'm too off. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's what mine is. And I know that working on not being as unplugged <laughs> yeah <laughs> when i'm unplugged is better and not being so far on that i have to completely shut off you know what i mean so it's finding that balance so yeah, um like but that was mine scheduled yeah. unplugged Correct. hours yes yeah. exactly like office hours right. unplugged hours yep exactly and this comes from like decades with film work where there is no off hours it comes mm. from motherhood of there is no off hours yeah. mm-hmm. it comes from running this library where there is no off hours yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just you know what i mean that's something that if i work on it i can find it but I've been down the path of not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm still trying to, I'm, I'm trying to process. Dakinis are a lot. I mean, it's like yeah. I gave you 12 horoscopes and I also gave I you a feng shui plan for your way. living room. Yeah. I know exactly. Yeah. And, and yeah, that, that book is like what? Two inches thick. And oh, it's majorly a thick, but yeah. yeah I, and I read it in a day though. It was so, wow. I was entranced with this thing. Yeah. Um, there is pictures. <laughs> Oh, pictures. <laughs> so there's pictures all the way through it yeah. as well. So it's one of those things where it's really good. But she has a couple of books. Um, but I recommend uh, this one and I recommend her classes that are on YouTube too. Yeah. So it was interesting. I was looking at the because you showed me mm-hmm. the the one of the Buddha Daikini first. Yes, yeah, the white and, one. Yep. And I'm looking at that and I'm like, I was in I think it was a Thai restaurant that had that picture in there. It's quite possible. And so I'm I'm yeah. looking at it and I'm like, I know this picture and it was just it was Which, interesting to hear because I was always fascinated by the picture. Right, exactly. And, and I'm like, oh, so there's symbolism in there. It's not just a cool picture of a right, lady exactly. who's dancing on a, another on person a for some reason. Right, exactly. You know, that <laughs> the, the key one is the dancing on the corpse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this one seems to be more squished Correct. than that one. Yeah. But that one's also got, they look like... Um, like from Beetlejuice with the little shrunken heads. Yes. Oh, yeah. Wearing a giant necklace. It <laughs> hey, goes down to like her knees. Uh-huh. And these little heads. And She's like, got yeah. a lot of skulls on her. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And it's interesting <laughs> how they do nude without doing nude. Right. It's, so. This is truth. This is me. Take it yeah. all in. I don't care. <laughs> Even the way her feet are have a meaning. The foot um, up means oh. adorned tr- or uh, absolute truth, and her foot down means reality truth. So in other words, so uncomfortable. Um, it is uncomfortable, but yeah. it's it's like, like oh. a flamingo. But it's supposed to be the reality truth is the truth of we're human beings, we're on Earth, or we have a finite amount of time. And then uh, the leg up is the absolute truth, which is, you know, there is suffering in the world. There is a way out of suffering. And then like the four noble truths of Buddhism and stuff like that. So it's kind of like faith and reality <laughs> okay, are like the two feet. But then also she's dancing. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a lot packed into an image. But I mean, these are thousands of years old. So that's what you do. Yeah. <laughs> when you're talking about the dancing of them, I was picturing uh, Bridget Jones. Right. <laughs> oh, dance. 
Am I the only person who has never seen that movie? It's been oh, a long good. time. <laughs> They're really good. Let's see, exactly. Well, on that Bridget Jones note, <laughs> I will wrap it up for the final because this is. Uh, our last episode covering folk tales and myths. We are off next Monday due to Memorial Day, and I would forget to put out an episode anyway. But we're going to return June 7th with a compass and a map because we're going to talk about explorers. That's right. Ooh. Nobody's saying Dora the Explorer. Crap, it's already in my head. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> For show notes, links, and images from this week's show, visit galsguide.org. Want exclusive stuff like deleted bits and major bloopers? Become a Gals Guide patron today. Thanks for listening. <laughs>